1: And welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I really could not be more excited about today's guest. NBC Sports, Peter King, joining us today. And Peter really is the king of all NFL coverage. So it is truly a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. So welcome, Peter.
2: Tracy, I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for asking.
1: Absolutely. Well, we've got a really big game to talk about this weekend, Sunday Night Football. Taylor Swift won't be there, but I still think it's going to be an exciting football game.
2: Unless (laughs) she starts dating Brock Purdy in the next few days.
1: Potentially, though Brock Purdy is engaged, and I feel like his fiancee. Oh, I guess that's (laughs) out. Yeah,
2: that's probably
1: out. As a Swifty, though, I'm very upset. The 49ers are not playing the Chiefs this season, but we'll see what happens in February. But still, hey,
2: you're a Swifty. Did you go to a show at uh, Levi's Stadium?
1: Sure did. I went to a show at Levi's Stadium. It was amazing. I mean, honestly, it was amazing. Whatever you heard, it was better. I feel like I can say that. It was yeah. it was my really- daughter
2: lives in Seattle and she went too. She loved it. Yeah.
1: It was great. Three and a half hours, I and mean, it's like unheard of night after mm-hmm. night. It was yeah. it was incredible.
2: You know what was amazing? And I I, I got I gotta hand it to Taylor Swift. That okay, so I read a bunch of stuff about this concert. Mm-hmm. And the thing that amazed me the most is that she did six shows and six nights in Los Angeles. Yeah. Who can do a three and a half hour show every night for six nights? That's ridiculous.
1: It's and she performs. I mean, she sings, she dances. I mean, she's not. She doesn't dance like maybe like Beyonce dances, but she is performing. Really performing. It's truly incredible. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats news scores and matchup breakdowns get the latest game odds spreads and totals from the nfl and college football at your fingertips with bet online's real-time updates on statistics news and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff in the super bowl bet online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Really fun. Cool. Very cool. So that was very fun. So at least I did get to see her at Levi's Stadium, but chances are she won't be here Sunday in theory. Maybe she's just become a huge football fan now. She's going to go around the country. But the 49ers will be hosting the Dallas Cowboys. This is a big game for both of these teams. The 49ers one of two only undefeated teams left in the league. But I don't think it's an exaggeration to say or even close to one that the Cowboys are the biggest test that they've had so far. I think the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles are probably the best teams in the NFC right now. So this should be a very exciting matchup from your perspective. What's the first thing you're looking out for and excited to see?
2: I just think it's a much bigger game for Dallas than it is for San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that In the last two meetings between these teams, Dallas has come up woefully short in the big play department. Mm -hmm. If you look back two years ago at the end of the game in Arlington, Texas, in the playoffs, uh, you see that Dak Prescott, I'm not saying he lost track of time. I think he thought he could... Uh, Scramble for a big game, get up, spike the ball, whatever. But whatever he thought, he didn't do, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's that's uh, uh, a pock mark on on Dak right there, and obviously on Mike McCarthy too. And then last year, you know, honestly, Tracy, when I think back to that game which I covered, I mm-hmm. think back to, uh, I think there was about two minutes and 50 seconds left in the game. Cowboys got the ball first and 10. They got to drive the length of the field to try to try try to tie the game or, or win it late. And they go three and out. Mm -hmm. They have zero positive plays. Dak gets sacked. He miss, he misses not a wide open, but an open enough Michael Gallup up the right seam. Mm -hmm. And, 48 seconds later, they got to punt the ball. And I remember writing after that game, I said, those are 48 seconds that Jerry Jones will never get back. Mm -hmm. And they had a golden opportunity that day to beat the big, bad 49ers. And they didn't do it. So that's two years in a row. They've had epic fails and that they've scored in the teens. And and haven't been this all-powerful offense. So Mm -hmm. I think this is an important game for Dak Prescott, but it's also a very important game for Mike McCarthy uh, because he took over the play calling. No one in Dallas will say it, but I believe that game, and particularly the the end of that game, Mm -hmm. cost Kellen Moore his job. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Mike McCarthy now gets to do it the way he wants to do it. I had a talk with him about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and we were talking about him taking over this job and he said basically i just let too many things that i wanted to do get away from me so i decided that i was going to take him back and you know i talked to jerry jones in training camp and he said when when mike mccarthy got this job you know whatever two and a half years ago when i whatever it is I wanted him to be the play caller. I wanted him to be the play designer. He didn't want to do it because at the time we were going along pretty good with Kellen Moore. So out of respect for him, I said, okay, but he said, it's time. And we need to get the full Mike McCarthy. Now, a lot of people will say, well, be careful what you wish for the full Mike McCarthy. But I think this is a huge test for the Cowboys and I honestly think if they come up short, and I mean, don't play very well and don't get a lot going on offense, it's going to be hard on both Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy in the coming weeks. Uh, they they've got a they've got to show out on Sunday night.
1: Well, it's interesting, like what you said. Be careful what you wish for. But you know, with Mike McCarthy, it's like the blessing and the curse. Okay, now it's it's me and it's on me, and I get to do it my way. But then if it doesn't work. It's on me and I've done it my way and it it doesn't work. So when you look at the coming weeks, if they are to come up short, this might be a ridiculous question because of where Dallas is and and where they've gone the last couple of years. But does Mike McCarthy start to become on the hot seat sooner rather than later?
2: I doubt it. I mean, the Cowboys are good. They're going to have a good season. They're going to make the playoffs. I would be very surprised if Jerry Jones hit the panic button and fired Mike McCarthy, especially if a third consecutive season ended in a playoff berth, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, look, you can't tell what's going to happen. Who yeah. thought that four games into this season we'd be firing Matt Eberflus and saying that the Chicago Bears are the biggest disaster in recent NFL history? Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, that's probably going too far, but they're a disaster.
0: They are, I don't so, know if it's going too far. Pretty bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't really know. And that's why I think you just have to let it play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if McCarthy got on the hot seat this year.
1: All right. Well, let's look, let's look a little bit deeper into Sunday. you have there, there are so many storylines here. Obviously, this is a longtime rivalry that has become bigger in the last few years because of what we just talked about the last couple of playoffs game, playoff games. And now, obviously, this game coming up, you have Kyle Shanahan meeting his old boss, Dan Quinn. And although years have passed, you can tell when Kyle talks about Dan Quinn, just how much respect he has for him. And that Dallas defense has been incredible. I mean, no one cares about my fantasy football team, but my two wins are directly thanks to the Dallas defense. So this Dallas defense has (laughs) been pretty incredible, but it goes up against a pretty big defense or pretty great defense in San Francisco. What are you looking to see here against, you know, in in this team and what does this Dallas defense have to do to stop this juggernaut of a 49ers offense, especially one Christian McCaffrey.
2: See, I think Last week, when I was watching, I watched a big chunk of the Niners game. I've one of the teams I find myself fascinated with this year is the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I thought Arizona and Houston coming into this year were going to end up the two worst teams in the league, and wow, I'm really impressed with both of them. But so I watched a lot of the game, and the one thing about about uh, you know about about Christian McCaffrey that continues to, I don't even want to say amaze me, but do you remember Tracy when this trade was made 11 months ago, Mm -hmm. trading in for a two, a three, a four and a five. Mm -hmm. And you know, your first thought is, Holy cow, this is a guy basically missed half of the previous two years with injury. And are you sure you want to trade that much for him? And all that. Well, you know, obviously he has not missed a football game since, whatever it is 19 games, whatever, 20, including the playoffs. And he hasn't missed a single game. But what is really impressive about him is that I think he can play three different positions
0: mm-hmm.
2: and be incredibly impactful. People talk about Bijan Robinson now and how great he's been, and he can play all over the map. Well, you know, Christian McCaffrey's better. The reason that Christian McCaffrey is better is because he can win a physical battle between the tackles. Mm -hmm. Now, not with Aaron Donald, but with a linebacker, Mm -hmm. and he does so very often. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the one thing when I first thought about this trade, I said, wow, they're, they're giving up too much for a guy who might not be healthy consistently over the next three or four years. But I, one thing I find interesting now in looking back on it and really having a little bit of perspective on it is, if I'm not mistaken, I, and I wrote it this week, I should remember it, uh, I think the second-round pick was the 61st overall pick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so it's a second-round pick, but it's a very low second-round pick. Right. And I look at it now as I consider sort of the the price that they paid. And if if you think about it really, I I definitely don't anymore think that they paid too much.
1: They may not have paid enough. Yeah. (laughs) I mean without Christian McCaffrey, I really that team does not go to the NFC Championship game. I'm not entirely sure that team goes to the playoffs. I mean, at the time of the trade. You know They traded him, he was here for two days before the Chiefs come to town. So then they're three and five and they haven't lost a regular season game since. And they may not have lost the NFC Championship game if Brock Purdy hadn't lost his elbow. I went to grab my elbow for that. I uh, hadn't lost yeah. his yeah. elbow. So when you see the impact he has on this offense and on this team generally, I, I think it's invaluable. Like re- really, they may not have, obviously you say that in jest, but I, a very small price to pay. In my opinion, well, as since as
2: he, you know, since he got there, obviously, and even counting, including the first game when he wasn't a huge factor in the game because mm-hmm. he, you know, was in camp for about ten minutes before they played that game, but but you know, in his average game, is one hundred and seventy two, one hundred and seventeen rushing receiving yards per game, That's with a- more than a touchdown per game, and so anybody who produces like that um and you gave the bi- biggest pick you gave the best pick you gave is whatever it was 61st overall mm-hmm. that that's that's a fantastic and incredibly fair trade for the 49ers which i i think really looks good right now
1: and It's funny because even in that first game where he had been here 10 minutes, I remember on his first run, there was just something different. You could see it. You you just were like, yep, he's different. He's just special. And you could tell that should he stay healthy, which he has, he was going to make a big difference for this team.
2: Yeah. No question about it. No question.
1: Let's talk Brock Purdy a little bit. Well, actually, before we get to Brock Purdy, I'm going to ask you a very preliminary question because it's been a conversation the last few days. But should Christian McCaffrey be in the MVP conversation? I say yes, but I'm here a lot.
0: Well, I mean, whenever
2: you consider a question like that, I think you have to ask two questions. The first is, are we talking about most valuable player or most outstanding player? Hmm. It's funny, I think the CFL calls it Award the most outstanding player, something like that. If I'm okay, not saying and and to me, so I and so I would I would just ask this question. For the 49ers to beat the Cowboys on Sunday, if you had to lose one guy, would you say I think they have a better chance to win that game if they lose Christian McCaffrey for the game? Or if they lose Brock Purdy for the game. So that is kind of an obvious question, I think. I think they've had a better chance to win, uh, you know, if Brock Purdy plays over Christian McCaffrey. So that would lend credence to say that if there's a 49er who should be in the MVP discussion, it should be Brock Purdy. But I'd also say if a running back ever deserves it after – you know, the first four weeks, uh, Christian McCaffrey deserves it.
1: Well, since you brought up Brock Purdy, you segue perfectly into my next conversation. And I I don't disagree with you. I actually think that right now they could be competing with each other for MVP. They don't care right now because they want to win a Super Bowl, but they could be competing with each other for MVP. So in Brock Purdy, you have a quarterback that I do think people are really starting to realize is the real deal. Local media has known it everybody around the building has known it. They've known it for quite some time, but I do think it was hard for people to really grasp going into the season that the last pick in the draft could really be the guy. And he has really proven week after week that he is the guy. This will be his biggest test, but this is a defense that he did see in the playoffs last year. And he had moments of struggle and adversity, but ultimately he, you know, they come up with the win and he played well, but he's an incredible story, but. In some ways, I guess maybe for those of us who've been around it, it's not as shocking as it might seem after those yeah. first three games for me, at least after the first three games, after that Seattle game, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I think he might be it. He, he could be their franchise quarterback.
2: Yeah. It's amazing to think that, but I, you know, honestly, Tracy, I, uh, I, you know, you, you need to see it for a while, obviously. Right. Okay. but. If you consider the full Brock Purdy experience,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Let's let's just let's put Brock Purdy into some perspective right now. Okay, he's absolutely ice cold coming off the bench against a red hot Miami team in the mm-hmm. first quarter. Uh, first experience of any big substance, uh, and he leads them to a sixteen point win. Uh, makes a couple of big throws in the game, particularly one where he's staring down the barrel of Jalen Phillips, the the young Miami pass rusher who creamed him. And he waited to the last possible second and he hit uh, uh, George Kittle to convert a first down. That was a huge play in that game. And then the next week, you know, I remember, I'll never forget. I talked to him. I was at that game against the dolphins and I talked to him afterwards and said hey by the way for your first NFL start ever uh you're going to play against Tom Brady mm-hmm. and he said hey that's pretty cool he's been playing football longer than I've been alive and uh so and that's just I think that's who he is like hey pretty cool mm-hmm. and I think deep down in his mind it's not like he's saying Oh, pretty cool. Well, he's got to play me too. Right. It, it isn't quite that. He doesn't feel that way. But I think the way he does feel is, hey, that's cool. But I'm not really going to think about that. That's not going to help me win. And yeah. then, you know, goes to Seattle, wins that game. Uh, you know, and they they played that close game against the Raiders late. But anyway, you know, the the last he plays six games three quarters of or more of six games Mm -hmm. wins them all. Mm -hmm. Then obviously, you know, they go to the playoffs and they beat Seattle, they beat Dallas uh, and he gets hurt early in the Philly game. And so he's gone and the season's over, but I, I, I run down that list because, you know, what I've been saying early in this season is I keep hearing all of this, and I keep reading all this stuff and I keep looking at analytics uh, and even after the 49ers have scored 30 or more in every game uh, this season, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I keep hearing this, well, you know, we'll see about Purdy. What do you want to see? (laughs) He's, He's played 12 games, three quarters or more of 12 NFL games. Mm -hmm. He's won all 12 and his average margin of victory has to be like 15 points. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, you know, he's been great and, and okay. So, all right. So how is he playing? Okay. Here's how he is playing. You know, he's completed 72% of his passes has not thrown an interception has a rating. uh, You know, I think he's got the highest rating in the NFL. And, you know, at some point, at some point, you've just got to be able to look at him and say, there's no reason why he can't be a franchise quarterback. And he looks like one right now. The last thing I will say is, I think one of the worst things that we do in sports media, Tracy, is Mm -hmm. we consign a player his draft position yep i totally never we never let him out of that which i think is foolish and in this case i don't think a brock purdy is whatever number 271 i forget what the overall yeah 272 i just don't think of him like that i think of him like he's a really good player who a lot of people overlooked And people get overlooked all the time in the NFL. I can tell you 10 players right now who are big stars who were drafted after pick 100. So that's just, that's the way it goes. Puka Nakua, how come he was the 170th pick or whatever it was? Why? Why did everybody miss on him for four rounds, five rounds? So these things happen. But judge him on how he plays, not on his draft position.
1: Well, and Kyle Shanahan said that during training camp. He said, it does not matter where you were drafted. It matters what you do once you're there. And it's interesting, too, because the 49ers have done so well in the later rounds of the draft. Like George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, Diamador Lenore. I mean, these are—I mean, Elijah— not a starter anymore, but starting caliber when he can stay healthy. I mean, these are good players that they have. They have Charverius Ward. He didn't come in as a rookie, but he was an undrafted free agent. They had Emmanuel Mosley here for a long time, who was an undrafted free agent. These are starters. These are really good guys in the league. And it is amazing. Juwan Jennings, third and Juwan. I mean, this team counts on him. He's a seventh round pick. He's a seventh round pick who got cut to the practice squad and he you know he's now such a big part of this team ronnie bell the rookie out of michigan and of course everybody knows i put my michigan goggles on but nonetheless ronnie yeah. bell has made an impact and he's been really good he's a seventh round pick so you're right we do consign people to their draft pick as if it matters and what's also amazing about it is on the flip side This thing is so interesting. We've seen so many draft picks picked so high. Number one picks, number two, number three, who've never materialized to what everybody thought they were going to be. And somehow that's completely normal. But the idea on the flip side of that, the guy who was drafted last, the fact that he could end up being a franchise quarterback is so surprising to people. And it's, it's funny to me how much trouble people have accepting it because it doesn't, it really doesn't matter.
2: You know, I, uh, I just made some notes in advance of Sunday's game. And my I made some notes about all the players. You know, it's kind of the Adam's Adam Peters note, you know, it's all the players who got drafted third round or later who um and look, it's hard to tell about this year, but you know, I wrote down Jake Moody and uh and Ronnie Bell. And you know, third round or later. And, you know, who has been really important in their run right now? Obviously, in 22 was Brock Purdy. In 21, Talanoa Hufanga, mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Hufanga is a, a revelation. Diamador Lenore, obviously, uh, that year too. And, uh, you know, in 20, you got Juwan Jennings. 19, you got Dre Greenlaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean that is, uh, look at all these guys. 2018, you got Fred Warner and, you know, it's just, you go on and on and you go back and obviously you mentioned George Kittle uh, in 2017. And, and look, I just think because that was their first draft altogether, Shanahan and, and uh, John Lynch and, and Adam Peters, but they have done a good job. Look, you will not be a consistently excellent team without hitting on your late round picks, mid and late round picks. You don't have to hit on everyone, but you got to hit on some. And the Niners really have.
1: In fact, when you go back to talking about everything they gave up for Christian McCaffrey, one of them was a fifth round pick. And there was kind of a joke like, wow, they gave up a fifth rounder. They really wanted him because they've done so well in the fifth round that that was almost bigger than the second, third and fourth. So you look ahead to this game the Niners are favored by four which is essentially home field advantage is basically what what that is yeah I look at this game and I kind of struggle a little bit with it's either I either think it's going to be really close or I think San Francisco just completely runs away with it and part of that could be been watching this team the last few weeks playing teams that are certainly not the caliber to the Cowboys and they just look so dominant but I can't quite yet at this point in the week. I, oh, I do want to bring up an injury thing that came up on Wednesday just as an, an aside. And granted, we're recording this Wednesday. It'll go live on Friday, so things could change. But Charvarius Ward not practicing. He was the only new one on the injury report not practicing Wednesday with a heel issue. He was mm. dealing with a heel issue earlier but it didn't keep him from playing now he's a hill issue. So I think that's something to watch because the secondary is in a somewhat precarious position. If those starters do go down or are not available to play, but let's assume whether he plays or not, let's pretend he does. Where where do you see this game ending up and and what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I'm not asking for a crystal ball, but just in your expertise.
2: Uh, I have a crystal ball. I've never made an incorrect prediction in my life.
1: That's amazing. So, See, I knew yeah. I wanted to have you on the show. <laughs> <Just wait.
2: laughs> um, I, I, you know, kind of the way I look at this game is I think Dallas is going to try to play keep away. I think Dallas is going to try to play clock ball a little bit with this team. Um, I think the most important player for Dallas in this game, you know, we talked about Dak Prescott, how Mm -hmm. this is a crucial game for him. But honestly, I think the most important game for the Cowboys is Tony. uh, Most important player Mm -hmm. uh, is Tony Pollard and, uh, you know, and, and just the running game as a whole. And I'll tell you why. because. So the Cowboys let Ezekiel Elliott go, which I thought was the right move to make. They let Ezekiel Elliott go. They gave the job to Tony Pollard. I, I I worry a little bit about Tony Pollard's ability to be, I think he's 17 or 18 carries a game this year. And he's always been one of those guys who you say, well, he, he's not really the workhorse type. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I, but I think this is the kind of game where if the Cowboys need a guy to be a dominant player in this game, it's Tony Pollard because they don't want Dak Prescott to throw it 38 times. Right. Because that is going to make, a pass rush against a weakened Dallas offensive line, uh, against the great Bosa, against Eric Armstead, against Javon Hargrave. I mean, you want to be able to control the game, okay? And my feeling about this game, honestly, is that if they don't control the game on the ground, I think they're they're gonna I think I really think they're gonna be in trouble if they can't control the game on the ground. So I uh, I view it as a as Tony Pollard being really, really important. And I think from San Francisco's perspective, um I wouldn't be all that concerned about the Dallas passing game, mm-hmm. but I would be concerned about a driven Dak Prescott because mm-hmm. I think Prescott feels this deep down inside. Mm-hmm. And what he feels is Uh, I the last two years in the playoffs, I haven't played well, Mm -hmm. and I need to come up big in a game that is a big game, even though it's not in January or February. It is a very big game because we have to convince ourselves that we can beat the 49ers, that we can score on the 49ers. So that's the way I kind of look at it. If and if I'm the Niners, I'm just looking at it. Let's just play our game and not mm-hmm. turn it over. If we play our game and we don't turn it over, we're going to win this game. Yep, That's that's the way I look at it.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. I think that is the key. I actually think for the 49ers, that's the key for them every week. This week and every week, if they play their game and they don't turn the ball over, there's they really can't. Be, I mean, they can be stopped, but you know what I'm saying. It's going to be hard. To yeah, pick.
2: I mean, it, look, any team can lose. We just saw Miami lose by 28. We right. all thought Miami a week ago was the best team in football, and they got rolled in Buffalo. Any team can lose any week. The 49ers could lose. I mean, things can happen in this game. Absolutely. Dak hits C.D. Lamb on a couple of big shots downfield. Dallas easily could win this game. Dallas is a really good team. Uh, Micah Parsons is hell on wheels. but. I just think the 49ers do more things better, I think, than Dallas.
1: I agree with that. I would agree with that. And what I have seen thus far. It should be a really, it should be a really good game. It's a big test for both teams. Sunday night football. And I agree, even though it's not January or February, I think this team this game really matters because come January, February, both teams will look back on this one and it will have something to do with their mindset because these teams could very well meet each other again in the playoffs. Jerry Jones said it himself earlier this week that he thinks the 49 are the most likely team to go in the Super Bowl, but he hopes they have to go through Dallas twice. So we shall see. Peter, thank you so much for joining me. This was awesome.
2: Hey, Tracy, listen, thanks a lot for asking. Uh, Happy to be with you and uh, uh, good luck this weekend.
1: Thank you. Where can everybody find you and your work?
2: Uh, you can find me at nbcsports.com on Monday mornings. I write a column called Football Morning in America. Mm-hmm. It's if you're in Pacific time, that's good because yes. <laughs> you can read it. If you're a night owl, you can read it before you go to bed because it usually posts about 11:45 p.m. Pacific on Sunday night. So that's kind of what I do, Tracy. I used to work uh a lot harder than I do right now. I'm really at the absolute total mail it in stage of my life now. So um you I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: um,
2: but uh no I uh that's the only thing I do now. And I do the Peter King podcast. Uh and uh I I try to be a little bit imaginative these days in what I'm doing uh i went and covered deon sanders last week which is fun. fun yeah but uh, no all is well and uh having a fun year so far so hopefully the fun continues
1: well thank you so much for being on you guys if you like what you heard and i know you did please make sure to give us a five-star rating and a super positive review you can find me at tracy fgsn and on instagram at tracy sandler we are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And those are all my announcements for the day. Enjoy the game. And I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all.